0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mindset Podcast. And this is your host, Alex Muir, and this is episode 26 with our guest, Brecca Getz. Brecca is the author of 38 children's books. She's a speaker, and she's a previous Harvard alumni. And she's not your typical Harvard grad, as she is uh, the author of 38 simply written spiritual picture books. Her books are designed to make life's deepest concepts clear. So each uniquely beautiful soul can shine. She's also the author of the very candid new memoir for adults, Searching for God in the Garbage. Brecka Getz can be contacted for presentations at books at gmail.com. And please welcome Brecca Getz to the podcast. This episode is brought to you by RadioGuestList.com, the number one free radio guest podcast and talk show guest expert interview booking service on the internet. welcome to the podcast. Really happy to have you on today. And uh, Brecky Gets is the author of thirty-eight uh, spiritual-based uh, children's books. Um, and and the and one thing that I found very um, very profound was the. Uh, about your children's books is uh, you said finding big ideas and little words yes. and lots and, and lots and lots of illustrations. So I find that really awesome. And, and I know, and I know when I was a kid as well, like I was always really drawn to pictures and movies and kids are very, um, like you said in your, in your, uh, some of your books, they're very impressionable and they can yes. be taught crit- critical thinking very early on. They just need right. to have the right, the right coaching and the right, um, mentorship to do so.
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah. So
0: so uh, Breck, I really appreciate you joining us today on the podcast, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of uh, your story.
1: Okay, um, wh- one of the main things that I am doing now is I- I'm just devoted to sharing, um, basically how to overcome addictions. This is this is um, something that I think addictions are so widespread, and and I've come up with something which is really amazing. It's Based on ancient wisdom, and it's things that people really don't know, and so I'm I'm really letting the world know these things now wherever I can, whenever I can. Um, I, I I'm really devoted to this with my time. So, I I I had food addictions in my life, and I actually think. All kinds of addictions are related to each other. And so, um, well, the, the memoir that I wrote, it's called Searching for God in the Garbage, and it's basically um, the diary entries that I kept, and then they became journals when I got older, and letters and stuff like that, that I compiled together. So you actually see a person developing the food addictions and then recovering from them. So it's, it's like kind of a journey that the the reader becomes a part of i call it more of an experience because you experience how does a person develop an addiction and then how how do you overcome it and um and how do you overcome it joyfully that's really what i want to share so um it has to do in, in, in my belief it with nourishing the soul and um we 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 tend to think of ourselves as, you know, just physical beings because that's what we look like. Um, we just look like a bunch of physical things, but um, the fact is, is that we are the physical being, the physical part of us is just coverings for our soul. We're really spiritual beings that are housed in physical bodies. So in order, so we, we think a lot about nourishing our bodies but we have to nourish our souls. If it, it they correspond together, and when we have souls that are shining, then we really then we really know how to live joyful lives. So that's that's what I spend my time doing, um, reminding everybody that they're spiritual beings and that we need nourishment for the soul as much as we need physical nourishment for our bodies.
0: I really I really like the way you put that because. Um, a lot of, um, a lot of people, let's say my age and younger, I'm 20, age 27. Um, especially a lot of younger people, like we, we, we have this tendency to always like focus so much on the, the, the way we look and the physicality and, and all those things. And, and as you get older, you start to realize that's not really that important, you know, long-term, it won't really give you the the meaning and fulfillment behind what you what you do and how you do it it's it's always uh, geared more towards your yeah your spiritual being and like you know like what 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 is it what is like you know how's your heart and how's your um, you know how how do you how do you relate to people and how do you stay connected and all those things mean a lot more than just uh, what meets the eye.
1: That that is really true. And when I was younger, that's how I really got the addiction because it was so important to be thin. And you know, like I, I got a lot of anorexic kind of behaviors and stuff like that. Like society was really pushing it, so I got so into that. But then I was so hungry, I was fluctuating between binge eating and anorexic behavior so it was one or the other and it was it was no kind of you know healthy type of eating that's that's what was going on with that obsession of looking good and stuff like that you know so um and but meanwhile what what i ended up discovering is that it was my soul that was starving and that's what it had to do with like I, 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 What I finally realized is why, when I got the nourishment that my soul was craving, why was I able to heal from my addictions? Because that's what it was. Our, our souls are literally starving for nourishment. And if we, if we don't give our souls the nourishment that they're craving, then we end up miserable in all kinds of different ways, you know? And so um, we really, and, and like you said, we have to, give our bodies healthy stuff too. And and we have to give our souls healthy stuff. It, it's very yeah. parallel. So um, the nourishment of both our bodies and souls has to be in a healthy kind of way.
0: Mm-hmm. They both have to be in line. It's really right. important. Aligned,
1: and exactly.
0: Yeah. So my question for you is like, because you, you got a background in psychology and social relations. So I find that very awesome because I, I can tell by the way you're writing in your books, it's it's very um, spiritual and psycho- psychology based. So it's like yes. children really relate to it because you you understand like how to connect with 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 them on that level, right? Of where yeah. where they're at and the age that they're at, because that's yeah. another thing, right? Yeah.
1: Exactly, I never lost my sense of wonder about the world. So in that sense, I'm still childlike. I mean, I I, I think you're that type of person too. I always love to be discovering the truth about the world. What is it based on? And, And I wanna know whatever I can learn to help other people. And especially children, like you were saying, if children can learn from early on, happiness skills, then they will have them throughout their lives. So that's why I try to instill these deep wisdom into children. Um, so why waste time, you know, if, if th- I try to write the kind of books that I wished I had as a child. So right. like, Yeah, and they're like, they're kind of like Dr. Seuss in the way that I love the delight of Dr. Seuss and but I and I put in very deep spiritual messages in 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 kind of a very joyful way. Um, Like, for instance, I'm going to give you an example, like the invisible book, the invisible book is about all the things that we believe in that are invisible, like, like there's gravity, there's time, there's feelings. There's thoughts, there's even the wind. I mean, we. these are all things that are so powerful in our lives and yet we never see them, but we all believe in them. It's to make it more understandable that we are spiritual beings, that we have souls that are invisible. Because many people will say, "How can I believe I have a soul? I've never seen it." But look at all the things, and and I can explain this even to children. Children can get it. Children, you know, we 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 know about gravity. You let go of a book, and it falls to the ground. A magnet picks up little paper clips because of invisible electromagnetism we believe in all these invisible things so it's not far-fetched to believe that we are we have invisible souls and that we're all spiritual beings in another dimension we all exist on a much greater dimension than we than we than the eye can see right right
0: right and going back to your um your food addiction you're talking about and how it caused it later on developed you developed anorexia. What was your process for overcoming the food addiction? Because I was I was listening to one of your previous interviews, um, and you talked a little bit about how it was a development of events, and you utilize your writing in the books to sh- showcase that process.
1: I love I love that you did so much research. I love it. <laughs> Terrific. You you really that's great. I so. This is the amazing thing like I couldn't understand why when I finally got the spiritual nourishment that I was searching for and I was really searching from like age 12 I started searching from age 12 I started saying this can't be all there is to life you know that we just wake up in order to, you know, go to work and make money, to get food, to live another day, to go to work, to make, food. like, there's got to be more of this. And yeah. so I kept, I was searching. I was searching in all different religions I, until I finally came to my own religion. It's funny, you know, but I, I searched all over the place. Finally, like, in my own religion, I found these, re, when I started to really get into the ancient deep wisdom in my own religion, I was able to, wow, like understand things on such a deeper level than I ever did. For instance, like um, what, th- there was a rabbi that explained to me some, the deepest thing, like what's the purpose of life? I was always walking around saying that. And like, it, it, I never heard anything like this before, that the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible. Well, like, that doesn't sound like what you'd think because like, we think, oh no, um, that can't be it, to to experience the greatest pleasure possible, people don't talk like that, but that, that opened up my mind, And, 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 and then this, this, he's no longer alive, this amazing rabbi, but he, he taught about the pleasure ladder, and, and so the pleasure ladder has five rungs to it, which, which are based on the five levels of the human soul, so, on the most basic level are the physical pleasures. On the on the lowest rung are the physical physical pleasures, but they actually enhance our soul. They uplift our soul. So that's why when we eat, we get pleasure, and and it actually uplift, uplifts us. And eating is actually the most basic pleasure and the easiest pleasure. That's why it's a it's the most common addiction that there is because um oh my gosh i was watching this show the other day the 600 pound life or something it was so oh, sad yeah. it's it's so disturbing it's, it's 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 a lot they they video um they go into a, a documentaries of a, a lot of people who are like over 600 pounds basically It's the only pleasure they're getting from life. That's why they're stuck there. It goes into their lives and how they got more and more miserable, whatever happened in their past. And they got stuck on food. Why? Because it does bring pleasure. Like food could have been designed to be colorless and tasteless. It could have all been gray. It could have had no aroma. But that's not, it was designed to give us pleasure. There's an infinite variety of stuff, all different colors. And like when you pick a fruit from a tree, it's at its brightest color. It's meant to be at its most attractive place when it's ripe and ready for us to eat. And um, one of my books, Hashem's Candy Store, is, is showing about the wisdom in the fruits and vegetables. It's incredible, all the design that went into them. So... And then just the miracle of a seed what a seed a tiny seed can do you know g- replenish into a tree over and over again it, it's the the wisdom is so infinite and amazing when we study it so so basically the problem is that when a person is not really happy in life it's easy to get stuck on an addic- an addiction and an easiest one of all is the food addictions so that's why they're so common and um. Uh, So how you break the addiction, the amazing thing is when you realize that life is meant to be a pleasure is you have to substitute in a greater pleasure right that very minute. Or it doesn't even have to be a greater pleasure. It just has to be a different pleasure so that a person can realize um, generally a person overeats because they're feeling a scarcity of pleasure in their life. So... Uh. Yes, you have to know that there's no scarcity of pleasure. There's an abundance of pleasure in this world. But a person is filled with uh, a sense of fear and anxiety that they don't have enough pleasure. So they just keep eating to feel pleasure. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really true. And if you see those 600 pounds, oh, my gosh, they it's so their life becomes more and more miserable. But. But meanwhile, they can't change it because they're stuck with the only pleasure that they have in life, which is the eating. So they're not going to give up the one pleasure they have, you know. Yeah, so what, yeah. what they have, what has to be done. This is the crux of the whole thing: is you have to su- substitute in other pleasures and realize that there is an abundance of pleasures in this world. That life is really meant for pleasure. Many people that have had lives of. Um, neglect or abuse some kind of trauma in their childhood that's why they get stuck in an addiction it could be drugs alcohol a substance it could be a substance addiction or it could be a a behavioral addiction and they get stuck there many times from uh, abuse neglect whatever for me that wasn't the case and for and, and and that's why in my case so many people have to first um uh, e- explore the trauma the emotional blockage so that the spiritual nourishment can get in sometimes if a person um, is getting spiritual nourishment but they have an emotional blockage the spiritual nourishment can't even bring them pleasure be until they explore and are able to get rid of that blockage in their lives it, it kind of means facing it And um, because running away from it takes a lot of energy. A lot of people spend time just running away from that, but you have to kind of face the blockage. And when you do, then you're able to and sometimes with therapeutic help is needed in order to uh, get rid of that blockage. But what you but still, the more that you can strengthen your soul so that it's shining, then the more nourishment you're giving it, the more chance you have to overcome your addiction. So it it can be done at the same time. At the same time as a person is working on their emotional blockages, they can also be feeding their soul. And if they don't have an emotional blockage, then just feeding their soul is all that they need they just just that's why for me it's what was able to be healing in my life and um so again um, the, the lowest level is the pleasure is pleasures which you could substitute in a different pleasure you could you could right away when let's say a person feels like just overeating and that's the problem the problem isn't eating junk, it's overeating junk. That's really the problem, you know? Right. <laughs> so like, so like you can just turn up, if you just think about it, you go, the question that I really encourage people to ask is, is, is it my, is it my body that's hungry or my soul?
0: Yeah, I really like, I really like that statement <laughs> a lot because uh, everyone, everyone goes through these kinds of phases, whether it be addiction based or behavioral. And I definitely notice for myself, it's always behavioral. Um, I'm not, a, I don't have an addictive personality per se, but, um, when I'm going through something career related or relationship related or something like that, I always have a tendency to, uh, occasionally on occasion, uh, binge eat, because like you said, because I'm going for right. that physical, that's one of the physical pleasures. Right. So, and you,
1: and you want more pleasure in your life, right? Exactly.
0: Now. Exactly. So, and the way I, and I bet you within those, uh, those five five levels of the human soul. The there's the physical pleasure. There's probably financial because of you know have, having the additional funds allows you to do more, allows you to explore more, travel more, that that kind of thing. So, anytime I'm going through that, I'm definitely aware of it. But I'm like, but sometimes you you're like, okay, well, what can I do differently? Because right. for me, it's like always I have to tweak uh tweak the behavioral. So, right. would you uh would you recommend? Because I have a mindfulness routine that I that I have to practice for myself, because it helps me stay on track. And they yes. say that the the um, the daily meditation helps actually create more positive neural pathways in your brain. Yes. Um, I've been doing meditation for the last three years. I did yes. it when I first uh, was about to leave banking, because I was just so stressed, and and I and I just I just felt I was going into the day too reactive. So I'm like, okay, yes. what can I what can I ch- change in my behavior that'll help with that. And the second that I started to do daily meditation for five minutes or more, I started to notice a huge difference in my psyche
1: wonderful
0: did you do you practice any sort of um mindfulness uh principles or or uh routine like first thing in the morning
1: all, all, all the time i yeah. I've, ju- I've just become that kind of a person you know what mm-hmm. i mean like like appreciating the moments yeah, and having so much more gratitude for whatever I have. It's, it's, it's exactly right. And what you said, it, research has actually been done. It tastes like, it takes like 400 repetitions for a synapse to change in our brain. But if we do it in a pleasurable way, mm. in like 10 repetitions of the new habit can be can be re re insta- you can install a new habit in just 10 times if you do it joyfully so that's the whole trick is adding more pleasure to your life exactly through, through throughout the day it, it, it and like you said it could be other physical pleasures you like let's say if a person is overeating they turn on music and they start dancing or stretching they, they you know it, it, they just don't feel like continuing to overeat suddenly it's like what happened you know or or let's say they call or text somebody lonely that desire to overeat just it just goes away because suddenly you know you're doing something different that's that's changing or you you're out in nature you you spend time out in nature or like you say you're meditating you're you you're, you're getting in touch with a higher part of your soul it's like it's kind of, you know, the amygdala in the back of the brain is the reptilian, the lower part of the brain coming up from the brainstem. And and that's the part that reacts. It reacts impulsively and, and gets us to do impulsive things. So by saying, is it my body that's hungry or my soul? Right away, the neurons start going to the prefrontal cortex instead of the amygdala. They start going there. And so it changes your behavior. You stop um, you stop being so impulsive, and you start thinking, "Oh wow, yeah." Which part of me? And then you could, then you could recognize the abundance in the world again. Once, you, when once you're aware of it, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And I've got a few of those down now for the five levels of the human soul. Um, and I, so I've got down physical pleasures. Um, so like eating, music, exercise, nature. So yes. so so for instance, if, if you have a client or or a child that's suffering from overeating, and their parents want to get them to shape, they can replace to help to help them trying to um, develop some sort of exercise routine. Maybe they the the mom or the dad helps them act, like they, they exercise together with their child yeah. while while playing music. So it's like you're combining two, um, two, two parts of the Uh, Two levels of the the pleasure ladder.
1: Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful.
0: Yeah, and then going out in nature for like a walk or a run, something like that, right? So it's like you're getting all those synapses firing and uh, replacing the bad behavior with good behavior.
1: Exactly. And so joyfully, it's just like, what's there to lose? You know what I mean? There's no money involved. There's no special (laughs) diet. It's just... it's just a part of enjoying life more. Exactly. Right. So, also, I continue. The first level is physical, like we talked about. The second level is love. And Uh. and, and love doesn't mean um, sitting by the phone waiting for someone to call you. It it means... Yeah, it's an empowering. It's all of these rungs are ways for a person to bring it into their lives. It's not dependent on anybody else, so a person never have to never have to sit around and wait for love. It, It it involves. This is love where it involves appreciating another person. What do you value about this person? it focusing on other people. This is how you bring love into a, into your life, you know, and doing kindnesses for other people. This is this is how anybody could bring love into their life. So not dependent on other people's reaction. It's 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 an empowering thing. A person can bring more love into their lives by focusing on the virtues of other people. And then we go up to the third level is meaning. Doing things that are meaningful and good for the world. All of this brings more and each level up brings more lasting joy. So then the third level is meaning, and the fourth level is creativity. Doing anything creative that is again that's positive for the world and uplifts our world is it brings even more lasting pleasure. I'm sure you you know when you're doing when you're involved in something creative. You don't even know how time is passing. It just you're in another zone, you know. It's it's like this incredible feeling. So um, anything creative, again, this is all coming. Uh, it's all breaking down barriers and expanding into the world further and further. The highest level is transcendence, and what happens in transcendence is that the illusion of separation between everybody and everything dissolves we we the whole reason why a person is has an addiction is because they feel separate and and they feel cut off and disconnected so each level higher brings more and more connection to to people and to the entire world it involves animals involves plant life involves everything so that the illusion of estrangement dissolves we're all we see the connection between us and everybody and and that's the highest level it's a state of awe really when you look up at the sky at night and you see all the stars and you feel so connected to the universe that's that's reaching the highest level so we're all, so this is wh- and, and and we can have that state of awe in our lives throughout the day not all the time we can't remain in a state of awe but we can bring it back like you saying through meditation through yeah. mindfulness all these things help us to have a sense of gratitude for life and can you imagine there's no more room for an addiction when your life is so full of all this joy Yes. So, it's
0: fi- so it's filling up your soul with uh, multiple levels of these or getting to the, each level of these, uh, the pleasure ladder.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You, you, I got them all you,
0: written down here. This is excellent because
1: wonderful.
0: It, it, it's going to help uh, our listeners and myself really understand how to uh, prioritize your psychology and your, and your, your vigor and your physicality. Yes. Um, to help you know counter any of your your behavior that you want to kind of take out or improve upon.
1: Exactly. Life is meant to be a pleasure. That's something we don't hear enough of.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. Because that,
1: that's the real truth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was just gonna say like we because we're constantly bombarded and like oh you have to do this you have to do this you you mm-hmm. know you got to work really really hard and like and i get all that but at the same time there's not enough people saying oh like you know let, like it's life's meant to have fun you got to have fun and i've been really trying to focus on just that for the last little while because i just feel like everything for the last like you know, a, a decent part of my life has just been out of necessity and that, that gets dry. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, you'll never work a day in your life when you're enjoying yourself. I mean, I will learned about you too, and different parts of different jobs, how you've enjoyed them. And, 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 and that's really what it is. It's, it's finding what makes our soul shine when our soul is shining we could do this forever you know <laughs> i mean it because it's why we're here in this world you know so it, and we'll always be energized from it too that's the thing and it doesn't feel like work and it's not like um doing challenging things is part of can be totally pleasurable climbing a mountain can be totally pleasurable so it doesn't mean that we can't do challenging things for sure we can and um it's just remembering that life is meant to be a pleasure so if you're not having a pleasurable experience right this very minute then we can figure out what we can do to make it pleasurable. We have the power. It's We have infinite amount of soul power within us to make every moment a pleasurable moment. We really can do that.
0: Yeah, I love that. And because uh, it's, it's making that conscious decision to be like, you know what, I want to make today a great day. Yes. And um, that was like a little uh, psychology trick that I learned when I was working at a call center. Um, the guy, one of our trainers said to us, he's like, Alex, he's like, you know, sometimes our day is not going to be great, but if we say, if we say today's going to be a great day, it'll help trick our mind into, you know, like before we even start the day that, oh, you know, we might not have necessarily have, a, have an overall great day, but it'll, it'll help us um, cope and, and recognize that, you know, like there's, there's going to be great parts of this day. It might not be entirely great might might have our challenges but it's going to be our mindset will put us in the great state
1: yes our mind state is is essential yeah T- totally essential <laughs> we and really every every moment can be pleasurable even let's say you're in this call center you're making cold calls that could be a really humiliating experience or It could be, wow, you know what? What's... You know what it's maybe interesting to be humiliated maybe I'll become a higher person be, by becoming humiliated can I live through this can I still feel good about myself if this becomes a, a totally totally humiliating experience for me let's see if I can challenge myself to still feel good about myself i mean i don't know you can make up all kinds of challenges you can turn anything you can you know what you can spin anything to make it joyful if that's the that's the incredible part. We we a, a, and and many people that have gone through abuse or neglect in their childhood have a really hard time changing that view of life. So that's that's a critical um, that's a critical cha- not challenge. It, it's like a um, a roadblock. It, it, they really kind of have to deal with that roadblock it, because it may be too hard to overcome the challenge otherwise, and they'll they'll keep getting stuck in a, in a cycle of addiction, you know. So sometimes you have to deal with those things in life in yeah. order to empower your soul to yeah. be able to shine through. Because like like in the title of my book, Searching for God in the Garbage, we all have a ton of garbage that gets put <laughs> yeah. on us every day. I yeah. mean, yeah. if you're making cold calls every day, oh my gosh, that is like a ton of garbage being thrown on top of you. <laughs> Yeah, for your soul to shine out from under all that garbage is mighty hard. It is really hard. You got to give yourself a lot of pleasure doing that while you're doing that actual humiliating work. And but anybody, a garbage collector, anybody can turn a job into something amazing. You know, through the mind, people in prison can be. Really not in prison depending on what they're doing. If their soul is not in prison, then they're not in prison, you know right. um, So it's really we have it within our abilities if if we if we're here on this earth and we still have a soul If we're, we're still breathing then we have the potential to make our lives pleasurable every single day
0: Right on and then I got another question for you um, what what motivated you to write so many books, and how did that all come, uh, come together? When huh. you, yeah, have you always been a writer, or did did it evolve over time? And you're like, I want to write children's books because I want to create and cultivate spiritual-based education from a young age.
1: Yeah both of those things like I was, I was writing from when I was a little child and I have no idea why I was always writing in rhyme maybe because of Dr. Seuss I love Dr. Seuss so much so but then when I started to have children I I when I was sitting out in the playground I started writing and um it's it's crazy I wrote something on a piece of loose leaf paper not even typed it on a computer, stuck it in an envelope, and sent it off, and it was accepted. And, like, I go, oh, wow, I guess this is how you write children's books, you know? (laughs) Yeah, so I started doing it, and, um, of course, having children, I had endless material about, you know, what to write about, what children need, and even, and, you know, I just... And I, I, I have an endless desire to want to f- fill children, make children aware that they're spiritual beings, and so that's what I started writing these books, and um, that's just how it came about. Yeah, and it, it brings me a tremendous amount of joy to do it. Yeah, ah, I
0: can see that. Yeah, it's awesome, and and I and I love the fact that you're uh, you've been writing ch- uh, children's books because. A lot of um, a lot of kids aren't learning this kind of stuff, and right. like you're really you're really teaching them like the meaning of life in bite sized chunks, yeah. so they can so they can really start to understand and put and grasp the uh, the information.
1: You got it exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's like because I wish I would have learned this stuff when I was younger because it, right. I've always been I've always been drawn towards like spirituality and, and building my psyche and building mental toughness and tenacity. It's always just been something that I've been intrigued by. Yes. Um, but but I wish I would have learned it earlier because I just feel like it would have given me even more of a, a head start and an edge.
1: Exactly. Why not teach children from the earliest point onward, how they can be happy in life, what really matters, what's most important. It. We, this is what goes missing. So that's exactly what I feel we have to teach children. Exactly.
0: <laughs> no, yes. no, for sure. And then uh, what else do I got here? Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. One of your other books went into uh, uh, good detail into um, children or teenagers' use of social media and how it um, <laughs> can impact their self-esteem or confidence.
1: Yes, yeah, I want to be famous because, you know, everybody wants to be famous as a kid, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and here's so this boy, he actually becomes famous just as a person could. Someone like does a YouTube video of him and uh, he gets becomes famous overnight. And, you know, just as quickly the fade, the fame, the fame fades away. That's how it works. So yeah. um, it doesn't last again. It's it relates to what kind of pleasure lasts then he discovers that there's a spotlight within and that's our soul if we can get our soul to be ignited and shining then then every day will be our our day we'll, we'll you know we'll we'll be rejoicing every day and every day will feel like a parade so so basically that that's the concept that i again i'm trying to share with children that the importance of nourishing your soul throughout life. It's just as important as nourishing our bodies, which uh, we, we can't thrive unless we're giving our bodies healthy food and our souls can't thrive unless we're nourishing our souls with what makes them healthy as well. Exactly.
0: Yeah, because the whole psychology component of that is like, um, that's why I've been so drawn to it. In, and is really like honing in on my spirituality and, 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 and continually building that mental toughness and tenacity. And that that's, yeah, that's strengthening and nourishing your soul. That's what it comes down to. And that's like, I was trying to find the words for it, but you, you nicked it r- right on the butt there.
1: Oh, wonderful. I, I, you know, I, and I hope you're always blessed to enjoy your work because you, you have so much, I just feel so much joyful potential, you know, oh, yeah. to share with yep. the world.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Same here. And like, this is why I do uh, my podcast because like yep. the way I think about it is I want to create better, positive human beings, um, especially like younger, like, you know, the, the next generation, I'm thinking about the next yes. generation that's going to listen yes. to this. And be like, Oh my God, I, I'm so happy. I have like this side kind of silent mentor who even, even if, even when I pass away like all of this information will get shared with the next generation and they're going to listen to it and that's kind of like my what my impact is is like to continue on that education and and the the um the principles and tools and tactics from all the guests that I have on it's it's it'll be really helpful to a lot of people
1: beautiful
0: (laughs) yeah oh and um Another thing I wanted to ask you, uh, Brekke, was uh, what do children like most about your books, and how do do you get a child that is not a regular reader to start reading?
1: <laughs> how do you get a child, yeah, oh, that's not a regular reader, to start reading? Definitely by reading to them. Ah, uh, yeah. That that definitely read as much. Even when they're capable of reading, they still love being read to. It is it, it's a great joy to do that, and. What do children love about my books? I remember somebody telling me one. One of my books is called the Happiness Box. About, uh, it's a, uh, you get inside the box and all you could think is happy thoughts. So, um, it, it, you the, then the boy realizes again that the Happiness Box is it's not what goes on inside this cardboard box. It, it's really in your brain anybody's brain can turn into a happiness box if you focus on what you're grateful for. So I know one time uh, this young guy came to my house and he saw the book, I have all my books up and he goes, you're the one that wrote that? Oh my gosh, he goes like, I was bullied so much in school. I couldn't face the next day going back and I would just go inside my happiness box. After I read that book, that's what got me to go back to school the next day. I could face it again. I became a grateful person. I was able to overcome the bullies. You know, I was like, "Wow!"
0: Wow, so, <laughs> that's I, incredible. I, I,
1: yeah, that's what I feel. And yeah, and and I even have books about helping children prevent abuse. You know, helping cho- children to be aware of abuse and how to how to stay away from it and not get you know pulled in by um, predators. It's all of this is to just help help people have more joyful lives. And there's a, even a book about sensitizing children to other children with disabilities. that's let's appreciate everyone so that you 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 know how better to interact with children with disabilities or other people with disabilities. And it says one of the main things is there's a five letter word, and it's not stare because everybody just stares. What people with disabilities want is for you to smile. They want to be smart, they want to be talked to, they want to be included. So whenever you can do that, it's not always easy. But um, it's, it's really what's, what's needed in this world. And um, you hear that from the people themselves that have disabilities. Some, some disabilities are not visible. That's another thing that's invisible. But um, you'll see some children, they don't know how to get along with other children so well. But still, try to include them. Invite them to parties. They're the ones that never get invited. I'm, you know, these are just all ways to make the world better. And 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 young children can learn these skills. So that's what I'm sharing. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's amazing. If you if you have anything you else you want to add, let me know. Um, I think yeah, we've we've gone through all my questions that I had to ask.
1: Thank and you was, so much. Yeah. I would just tell people if you're interested in any of my books, they're all on my Amazon author page. So you just look up my name, Amazon author, and they're all there. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. So
0: oh, yeah. I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast today, Brecca. And, uh, and then are you active on any other social media? I think I see you're on Twitter. Do you have any other social media that you're active on sharing oh, your, your articles or, or uh, pieces from your books?
1: Yeah, Facebook and LinkedIn.
0: Facebook yeah. and LinkedIn. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, appreciate your time, today, Breck. It was an awesome interview, and uh, I'll be sure to share. Uh, we'll, we'll share all your links to your your books and your social media LinkedIn, and Facebook. And uh, I'm sure yeah, uh, many people will be, uh, especially the younger generation as well, will be uh, listening, want to listen to this, and uh, you know, gain some uh, some further knowledge and uh, how to build up their spirituality and mental toughness.
1: You're, you're a wonderful person. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing all the wonderful things ahead for you. Thank you. Oh,
0: for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed this special guest series episode brought to you by RadioGuestList.com. Again, this is your host, Alex Muir. And if you'd like to learn more about kind of what I do and this podcast, Mindset Podcast, Um, You can check me out on my social media. I always post all my links of my social media in every episode that I post. And I share all my posts, uh, my podcast posts on my LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. So you'll be able to check out the podcast links on there. So if you want to connect with me, get to know me, I will be answering messages on there. um, If you have any questions. And again, if you want to hear more episodes like these, or if you have any feedback, please let me know uh, in, uh, on social media, you can send me a message or you can, uh, yeah, feel free to follow my uh, podcast and, uh, be sure to, you know, keep, keep checking in and see what I'm, what I'm up to. I really appreciate everyone that listens to my podcast and, uh, hope you guys all enjoy and see y'all next time. Take care.